It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hour, welcome in Reno. Vegas is here, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Hill, Cofield, we were just talking about the uh, Giants, New York Giants, wrapping up their season and what they're going to do with this offseason. They have a lot of questions. They have a lot of questions. What the hell do you do with Daniel Jones? Danielle McCartan was just on from WFAN and was talking about uh, predictions that a contract could be in the range of 25 mil a year, maybe up to 30. I'm out. <laughs> I am out. They better have some really good quarterback options. And if anyone's going to know the true Daniel Jones on the upside and you know have the reality check, it's going to be the head coach, who is a good offensive coach. And I wonder if Dayball has gotten ownership and said, hey, I, I squeezed blood out of this freaking turnip. Like, this is all he's got. Let's not be desperate. If we need to get a bridge, we'll go get a bridge. You know, and I can work with that person and make them good too, but 25 or $30 million for a quarterback, this quarterback, nah. Yeah, I would agree. Ooh. I mean, I, I think he's an okay quarterback. He's very, very average. The schedule, because yeah, I was throwing out, hey, I'd, I'd bet him to finish in last place next year in the NFC East. And it's not being a Giants hater. It's just that when you exceed expectations, and you pointed this out a billion times last year, and you win a lot of tight games, like the Raiders, that's who you pointed out last year, there can be the bounce back the next year where the coin flip games don't go your way. That you got coached to a certain level. Their schedule next year, aside from the division, in the NFC, they've got Rams, Seahawks, Patriots, Jets, Packers. Rams suck this year. I'm sure the Rams will be somewhere near playoff contention. Those are all potential, you know, we'll say at a minimum, seven, eight win teams. So those aren't easy. And then the road at Cardinals, uh, at Niners, at Bills, at Dolphins, at Saints, and here. Oof. <laughs> okay. And we didn't mention Saquon Barkley had a bounce back here. And they probably don't want to pay him. Rightly so. Yeah. I so mean, I, I don't know what the Giants are going to be next year. It's too bad the way it ended. The Eagles are just a lot better. Yeah, and you and you saw that. And and I think, you know, it's a it's a good accomplishment for the Giants to get where they got to, you know, to win a playoff game on the road, to get into the second round of the playoffs and and be there. But again, it's not you know, having the year is great and it's good to build off of and it's good to have it. Don't get fooled by it. Don't get carried away by it. Don't let that get in the way of building your team, building your roster for down the road as you should. Don't take it and say, "All right, well, we gotta we'll overpay Saquon, we'll overpay Daniel Jones because that's what that's how we got here. We gotta stick with that." Like that's where you get into trouble when you overreact to what happened. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four, number four. Big evening in Reno, where Nevada basketball, men's, will host New Mexico. I didn't think Steve Alford's team would be this good. I didn't think they'd be terrible, and I kind of chuckled last year when people were pissing and moaning about the 10-year contract, and you know, there's uh, one national college basketball dude who was gloating, like, I told you this contract was terrible. They've bounced back pretty nicely here. Yeah, he's, sure. he's, he's a good coach. They can recruit. They've got a couple impact freshmen. New Mexico's in town, and I, you know what? Maybe my impression of New Mexico is a bit jaded because I watched UNLV go down there and beat them. 
And I still think there are maturity and like just discipline issues with both Mashburn and Jalen House. Should Nevada be a three and a half point favorite against New Mexico? Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, it's tough to win in this league. It's very tough to win on the road in this league, uh, for sure. And you know, you're right. I, I, you know, I remember a couple weeks ago, and uh, I talked about this game, the ending that it had, which was one of the wildest endings I've ever seen in terms of points spread in college basketball. But there were only one, you know, at Wyoming. You know, this is this is a team that uh, can play really, really well at its top level. But you're, I mean, you're right that there's um, maybe maturity issues. I would say consistency issues would be another one. And uh, yeah, going up and, and playing a, a good UNR team on the road. That's a, that's a tough ask. Well, Lawler was a ghost town last year. Some of the energy is back. Crowd just starting to build. Here's Steve Alford trying to get the fans pumped up and also talk about a very important week with coaches versus cancer. Wolfpack fans, Coach Alford here. This is a huge game for us on Monday. We're in the middle of a great conference race, and we need your help. It's our annual whiteout game. So everybody will be in white. We appreciate all the help and support that you give us that's help us be undefeated at home to date. Also this week is coaches versus cancer. It's something annually that uh, the NABC Coaches Association does to just bring awareness to a disease that does affect a lot of our families. A good matchup to watch in the game is uh, Baker, right? Will Baker, big guy. Believe it or not, stretch seven footer and not seven foot to ten, but can really shoot it from the outside and Morris Udeze, who uh, was a lard ass last year, so am I, um, probably lost 30 pounds. So he's much more mobile. I don't know that you really want to, if you're in New Mexico, want him way away from the basket. So, But on the flip side, he's a great rebounder. He's an excellent finisher inside. So this one, I'm not going to say it could be decided by the officials, but oftentimes the officials can decide early which big is going to stay on the floor. It also fits one of my favorite college basketball betting systems. So Reno should win. What is that? Uh, unranked teams at home favored over ranked teams. Ooh. Very, very strong play. 93% over the years? No. Like, good, though. Yeah. Looking forward it's to a winning it. proposition. Six o'clock start. Six o'clock start. It's Nevada going up against New Mexico on CBS Sports Network. Number three. All right. Bills fall short again <laughs> in a key spot. I know you're going to go in on Josh Allen. Should they fire Sean McDermott? Sure, yes. So that every other team in the league could have one of the best coaches in the league? Yeah, absolutely well, they should. Yeah. I mean, offensive coaches, it's where it's at now. And did they get – well, they didn't get rid of him. Did they allow the guy who could have been the coach of the future to walk – can't really walk down to New York, but or New Jersey in this case. But are they lost without Dable? No. no. First of all – I mean, there's many things they could do. Uh, look, last year we talked like I talked about this stat a lot, and it's it's tough to calculate. It's something that'll come out in a couple weeks that uh, when everything is all said and done. But uh, everything else, and Dable was there last year, but everything else, if if you take into consideration how open wide receivers get, how good the offensive line is, how good the special teams are, how good the defense is, everything else, Josh Allen had the best situation of any quarterback in the league because everything was there for him to succeed. That's coaching. This year. They're going to be number one again. Number four defense in DVOA. Number one special teams. That's coaching. So when people are now freaking out, I think the issue is, and I've seen this too often over the years because I do follow this team, is that everything that goes right 
If a running back makes a good play, if a cornerback makes a good play, if a safety makes a good play, if a kick returner makes a good play, great job by Josh Allen. And if something goes wrong, they got to help Josh Allen. So Josh Allen is foolproof, can do nothing wrong. Everything that goes well is Josh Allen. Everything that goes wrong is everyone else. So this silliness, when a team is so well coached, it has the number one special teams, a top five defense, all the things in place. That's coaching. So if you want to go ahead and fire Sean McDermott and blame it on him, I'm sure many other teams will be thrilled that that happens and go and get him. But that's not the issue in Buffalo. It's not. Now, I'm not saying he should be fired, but you wake up today and everyone who lost in the, or just about everyone who lost in the Elite Eight, especially if they were highly touted teams, got to be a problem with the head coach. Sure. Like, no. McDermott's good. I'll take McDermott's you. good. They, they, were, uh, they were in a lot of weird situations coming into this game. Oh, yeah. And we also, we talked about the other, on And Friday. Allen didn't play that well. And that here's well. the other thing. The Bengals are really good. Yeah, we'll address sure. this in a little bit. The Bengals might be the team. I mean, you've got some elite teams at the top, and everyone's expecting the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals to be the elite three for whatever, the next eight years. Bengals might be the best one. Now, here's the thing. And I think the Bills are, are finding this out now. And this is going to happen for the Bengals. Is this is what just happened part of the changing tide here with the Bills where when your QB starts making bigger money, there are some other areas on the team. I know you just touted how good they were all year and how well they ranked. But are we starting to see that a little bit with the Bills where it's like, hey, the QB makes $45 million, not eight. Right. Sure. And, and again, it hasn't affected them yet because they were so good all around him. Next year it will. Now they're going to restructure his deal, I'm sure, but his cap hit right now goes up 150% next year. Stephon Diggs has a ton of dead cap if they're trying to get rid of him because he obviously sees the flaws now in the quarterback. Like there is a lot of moving pieces that are going to be there, but yes, it's going to be more difficult. Again, they're going to they're going to next year be okay because even though they're right now over the cap, they're going to restructure the deal. They'll create a little bit of space for Josh Allen, but that means two years from now, three years from now, four years from now. That's when you're going to have to pay the price. Because next year, you'll, you'll, re, you'll restructure. But that's why the window's closing. For people that are like, window's closing on the bills. Yes, because they are pushing this off now. And they're going to be in a spot in a couple of years where they are not going to be able to have a team around him. And it's going to get very, very difficult. Th- that's why the window is open. Uh, they have they weren't able to take advantage of the rookie deal. Now he's getting paid a ton of money. Next year, it goes up even more. Like Those are issues that are going to come up for sure. And he was terrible yesterday. Terrible. Allen cost $16 million. This year, he goes up to almost $40 million next year. Number two. Sean Payton interview number two with the Broncos. Are we getting close here? The Broncos going to give up what the Saints want, or can Sean Payton go to the Saints, as I suggested last week, and say, cut it out? Okay? They'll give you some compensation, but I'm not going somewhere where you freaking fleece them on draft picks. You owe me! I got you a Super Bowl. I saved the franchise. Let me go somewhere else and be realistic. The Broncos, having another interview with the Broncos is is interesting because it sounds like from the last couple of reports that Sean Payton is really, really just trying to drive his price up at this point. And he's he's putting his price at a number where he doesn't even think, you know, the, the one speculation that was out there that he doesn't even think anybody's going to pay him what he's asking. Right. That he's just like, look, if you want to pay me, here's what it's going to cost. And maybe he's, we just talked about Dallas, how frustrated they are. 
Do you go to Denver, the richest team in the league, by the way, and get an offer? Right. So that you can go to Dallas and say, here's what it's going to cost. That's what I thought it was, a setup. It's, but it's, I hadn't even thought of the angle. Like, I don't really want to coach, but you know what? If you're going to freaking bring in a wheelbarrow of money, then I'll get off the freaking couch. But I, I really, I don't want to coach any of these teams, but I can't turn down that kind of money. I mean, you've, you know, we've all done it. You, you've, you know, you've been up for different gigs. It's like, screw it, man. You know what? Triple my salary. You're never going to do it. But if they do that, I'll I, probably have to go. There's places that might come to you and you say, you know what? Give me a percentage of ownership of your company and then I'll come there. Right. That's happened. You try it. <laughs> sure. Right? Because uh, then because then in your mind, hey, I couldn't turn that down. Right. But are uh, you being realistic? No. Probably not. No. And, and I, it seems like if you're going to continue, maybe there's interest between me and the Broncos. That's possible. I don't feel like it is. Uh, but if you're going to go to a team to try to drive up your price, what better team than the richest team in the league? That would make some sense. I think he's going to go through all this. They're going to go all through all of this, and they're going to just wind up hiring the guy that you said four weeks ago. <laughs> I think it was longer. It was when after the Raiders played in Denver, I told you Hackett's going to get fired and Dan Quinn is going to be the next head coach. That which, was, what, which three months ago? If you're Dan Quinn, are you insulted? You're like, you know what? Maybe I need to look around a little more. Or guess what? I ain't taking four mil a year. When Peyton was asking 20, I made it to a Super Bowl. I didn't win it. I made it. it it's going to be fascinating how these moving pieces play out the next couple of days and weeks for sure. Big Ford 4 is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. A lot of room now. Holding up over the It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yeah, that was crazy. That's when you know things are going well for your organization when George Kittle makes a catch like that one, the call on Fox. Adam Hill, Cofield, we're on in Reno. We're here in Vegas, ESPN Reno, ESPN Vegas. Uh, we mentioned earlier, big Wolfpack game tonight against New Mexico at Lawler. That comes up at... Six o'clock. I want to get to the Niners. And believe me, we'll get back to the Cowboys and get to the McCarthy end of things because we were talking about Dak Prescott and how the uh, Cowboys social media is kind of busting his chops. And then Michael Parsons had some stuff to say about the offense as well. I don't think it's a good look for the organization, but, you know, you're used to it. If you're a Cowboys fan, I mean, I, if you're getting all mad yesterday and you're burning jerseys, I mean, well, one, I don't want to go off on this tangent, but I will. Uh, one, the chances are, if you're somewhere between like 70 down to 30, you jumped on the Cowboys bandwagon anyway, so up yours. Sure. You probably didn't go with your home area team because the Cowboys were a winner, so sorry for the 28 years of you know, being mediocre, not making an NFC title game, but I don't feel bad for you. And if you're dumb enough to buy jerseys that you paid for, I mean, go ahead and do it. It's a nice little show. I saw, um, we'll have to mention this with JVT because he was the one who retweeted it, but, you know, some some cat. And I always think these things are, are staged. Why you would break a TV on purpose just for social media is beyond me, but I saw some guy with, like, this room with all these people. I, I think it was almost set up because it was, like, 
It looked like it was like a 42-inch TV, and they're watching at the end. He just runs up and punches it and then throws it on the ground. I'm like, really? But for most Cowboy fans out there, look in the mirror and go, I had a hometown team. I chose to jump on a bandwagon. Now I'm getting the payback for the last whatever. 25 or less years. So, too bad. Too bad. And the Niners are, they're better. I don't know how much better they are. I don't think they're a lot better. Is Brock Purdy better than Dak Prescott? I don't think so, but he was. Yesterday, he did what they needed him to do. But before we get to that, we got a poll question up. The The, the question I put up is a little bit flawed because I included, I included Daniel Jones. But I was talking about... If you if if Derek Carr goes, you know what? I want to be traded to a playoff contender. I don't want to go to the freaking Panthers. I want to opt in on this deal. I want to help you so you guys get something back, Raiders. And I listed some situations and asked what's the best thing for the Raiders if they if they had to trade to a contender. Now I didn't include the Jets because I think I knew if I put that up there, people would be like, they're not a contender. <laughs> right? They were. If you were in the playoff race until the last two weeks, you're a contender. You just are. Right, I mean, it's like if you're within hand, like so. The, the teams I included were Carter Dallas for Dak, Carter the Giants for Jones. I mean, that would kind of be weird because right now he's kind of, he's available to everyone. Although I think he, well, I mean, he could land anywhere between a decently priced deal of value to just something just stupid if someone gets crazy. Uh, Carter Tennessee for Ryan Tannehill. I know there's an opt out on Tannehill's deal. Carter New England for Mac Jones. There's a few other teams that I would say you know have a chance at the playoffs next year where maybe you could swap quarterbacks. I went for the highest end with, you know, Dak coming back. This was Adam Schefter this weekend. Now we've talked about the situation a lot, Adam, right? Sure. That there might not be trade interest because people will look at it and go, wait, car's going to opt in for three years and like $118 million. Do we want to pay that much or do we just want to wait? Because we don't believe anyone else will trade assets for him. Here's Schefter this week, and he was talking about a bunch of different quarterbacks. Now he gets to Carr. Subject of much speculation, but make no mistake, both sides are fully aware offseason, and as you, he is expected to be traded moving forward. As for Derek Carr, he is expected to be traded at some point this offseason, and as usual with quarterbacks, the demand exceeds the supply. The entire NFC South is expected to be in the market for a new quarterback. The Jets, the Commanders, the Colts, the Texans, there are so many teams that need quarterbacks, which elevates the value of Carr. And that is why at some point this offseason, earlier rather than later, he is expected to be traded. All right, he said it at both ends of that. He said earlier than later, he's going to be traded. He said it twice, front end and back end. Is that Schefter from good NFL sources? Is that Schefter talking to Camp Carr? That's very I mean, possible. It's Adam Schefter. We're yeah. going to look back in this go and, and say, how bad was this report? Like, no one wanted him in a trade. No one wanted it. Well, people might want him in a trade. They don't want to give anything up, and they don't want to opt in for three you know three years and $118 million. Unless there's some sort of – and I'm sure the Raiders would be totally fine with, hey, you want to negotiate behind the scenes with another team and get a new deal. Unless there's some sort of restructuring or – Redoing of a contract, I just I can't see that. Now, that could be wrong, but again, what were, we were just discussing that the path to making making a deep run for the most part is not paying that much for a quarterback, and yet these teams are going to you know buck that trend and say no, Derek Carr is the one we're going to overpay for. Like that just it doesn't make that much sense 
But again, as he mentioned in there, you know, oftentimes uh, with the quarterback market in particular, the demand far exceeds the, you know, the supply for one, but also uh, the demand shocks us when a quarterback's available. Like somebody, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure is the old, uh, the old saying. So that's possible. But there is, again, there is going to have to be some moving pieces to make this happen. One potentially with the contract, another with the timing. The Raiders would be so, so foolish to make a deal without an extension of the deadline in place. You can't do that. That that would be that that would just be the most irresponsible thing to do. It would you agree to a trade that a team would then have to not complete for over a month and just take their word for it that they're going to do it. You have to extend that deadline if you're going to do a deal and probably Carr has to work on some new contract. Like I don't I don't expect that, but the 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 people that say that he shouldn't accept a deal because he could just go on the open market, that would be silly on his side to me. Like, you want to keep this contract in place, I, I think, on all sides. So they're going to have to make some sort of extension. Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to make sure that that month is not uh, not a complete waiting game. But it's possible somebody could want to get him. I just don't foresee that, you know, that market really taking hold. I can't really tell if there's a vibe from Camp Carr. You know, it's funny. I saw someone over the weekend talking about, what's the name of their their blog? Harvester? Harvester Sports. And I saw someone kind of grading what David Carr was doing on there. And he's like, Derek Carr should be embarrassed by what's on this site or this blog, or this uh, podcast. I'm like, they're his words. Yeah, of course. it's, it's you, think, you, you think they're doing this without his approval and his message to put out? It's crazy. So we already saw Derek Carr, check that, David Carr, take a subtle shot at Tom Brady. Already heard him say it. It's it, 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 Don't call it Harvester. Call it Car Family Blog. Okay, Car Family Blog. Yeah. Uh, Car Family Podcast. Car Family Podcast. Sure. Do you, do you have any sort of vibe on him being cooperative? With the Raiders? On the deadline. Again, he he has to be. You would think. Yeah. Unless they are completely delusional. I mean, but there could be a team out there. are some really stupid teams. They think the commanders get- and the Jets have a history of being dumbasses. I think the Jets have gotten better. I don't know about the commanders because I don't know who is truly running the place anymore. If you if you are to believe that they're that they think that they can get more on the open market. That they're going to get more than what thirty five million on the open market? That's crazy to me. Now again, there's things we're wrong about all the time, but I cannot imagine a scenario where he goes on the open market and get, is getting thirty five million a year. I can't imagine that. But as you know, Schefter seemed to be insinuating there's going to be a market. And by the way, if if you're Camp Carr and you hear this and you believe it's true that there's multiple teams that would be willing to trade for you at thir- you know 32 million a year on the contract, then you should probably not be cooperative and you should hit the open market because if multiple teams are willing to give up picks and that contract, they're going to give you even more than that on the open market. So you should just say no, don't trade me, I'll release me so I can. Get this thirty-five million dollar deal from some some team out there. 
Update on the poll question. Again, okay. a little bit flawed when I mentioned the Giants and Daniel Jones, but if Carr said, trade me to a contender, what's the best deal for the Raiders? Carr to Dallas for Dak, Carr to the Giants for sort of Daniel Jones. Carr to Tennessee for Tannehill, Carr to New England for Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones, 27%, Tannehill, 10%. Uh, Daniel Jones, again, would have to be finagled, 17%. Dak, 45%. How about that? It's a Cofield plan. The Jones boys are emotional. It's all in place. They're turning on Dak Prescott. They're listening to media people who have been bashing Dak Prescott for a while. Take advantage of it. Grab him. He doesn't make a lot of money. Makes about the same as what Carr was making this year. It's not some 45 Aaron Rodgers, $52 million a year. I think there's another level for Dak. I don't think he's done. He didn't have a great season. He made a lot of mistakes. Am I crazy? Is Dak not salvageable? No, I think I think that there's something there potentially. Uh, again, I think the the flaw in your plan is the like why would the Cowboys do it? That's the of course they shouldn't. That's the, that's the flaw. You know why I put it up there? I'm like they, maybe they're going to be stupid. Of course, take their car. Yes, yes. He's got a lot of comeback victories. Grab him. He's a good family man. He's a good match for he Texas can, and Jerry can, Jones. He considers himself a Texan. Grew he up sounds in like Houston. one. Yeah, he grew up in Houston. Got that accent. Grab him. Come on, Cowboys. Send Dak to Vegas. Let's go. You're right. He's done, but we'll take him from you. Yeah, you know, very flawed guy. That that could be a good backup to Brady. Nevada Sports Tech Hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call 766-1400. Guy. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Tracy Wolfson, CBS with Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, a little chuckle there at the end. You think all the anger has subsided in Cincy that they got jobbed on this whole thing with uh, Casey Buffalo are going to play neutral, but Casey Cincy isn't neutral? Um, I mean, maybe. It probably shouldn't. Should it? It results shouldn't change the fact that they were completely jobbed and the league did everything they could yeah. to get Buffalo into the AFC Championship game, and Cincinnati ruined their plans. I think Cincinnati has surprised a lot of people. First of all, betters. Did you see the number of the last 26 games? There are 21 and 5 ATS, which means people are not betting into the Bengals enough. Sure. Because it ain't the books have them wrong. Like, you're the betters. We're the betters. We've yeah. underestimated Cincinnati. Yeah, no question. And and this week, you know, I think the some of the some of the doubts were justified because before all the offensive line injuries, I thought the Bengals were clearly better than the Bills. Right. And then I thought, how are they going to be able to do this? They did it without an offensive line, and they they did it. They Backups overcame it. Did it. Yeah. But I think we're on the edge of something. Now, watch what happens. Mahomes. No, it'll be Chad Henney leads uh, the Chiefs to thirty-eight nothing victory. Um, I feel like we're on the verge of the the underrating the Bengals thing, which we shouldn't have been doing anyway, based on the fact that they did make it to the Super Bowl. But they didn't have a great year last year. So, you know, upset, 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 right? I feel like we're on the verge of talking about the three teams in the AFC on the same exact level. And I'm not saying Burrow is better than Mahomes, but I got no problem next year if we're discussing, hey, Josh Allen has some work to do to pass Burrow. That Burrow surpass in, in people's minds, Burrow surpasses 
Josh Allen. Did you see the did you see the video that people are going crazy over on social media? The spin throw? Whoever thought first of all, he probably does it. I, I'm sure he's done it before. Whoever thought of the angle. How how would you describe that to the audience that didn't see it? Uh majestic. <laughs> it's 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 from behind Burrow, and I think I think it might be his last throw of warm-ups. I think that's yeah. maybe what he does. Yeah. And he throws a deep a deep go route essentially in in warmups, and he throws it to but the left sideline. And as he throws it, he follows through all the way and spins around. Yep. And then you see the ball just drop perfectly into where it's supposed to go as he spins around toward the camera. But it almost felt like he did it from the opposite pylon. Like that's how far he was throwing the ball. Was he that far over? No, I don't think. Okay, don't so think like so. somewhere on the whatever, like the five yard line, maybe on the opposite side hash, and then he just. Ball spins out, he spins, and he just floats through the snow. Glorious. And the the white jersey, everything worked perfectly. It was a, a perfect social media video. It does help that he's got Jamar Chase. That's a sure. big deal. It helps that he's got a lot of players around him because yes. he's on a rookie contract. Yes. So do you want to push by the way, just do you want to push back on my whole notion that we could be this could be a, an even Steven thing with these three teams? Unless, you know, the Chargers get it together and Herbert gets up there as a team and Trevor Lawrence continues to build, we could have like a five-headed monster in the AFC, but that these could be the three teams or do we have to, again, go wait until Joe Burrow's making $45 million a year? Well, I think that that's fair. But, I mean, yeah, if you're going to if you're gonna say you're not waiting on are we considering Joe Burrow better than Josh Allen, of course he is. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's here. Uh, and, and we've seen that play out the last couple of years for sure. Uh, I think the Bengals and the Bengals and Chiefs are right there, and they're they're both going to run into some issues because they've pushed some cap things down the road, and the the Bengals are going to have to pay Joe Burrow for sure. And by the way, the Bengals last after last year there was some speculation of will they pay him? Like they're a pretty cheap organization. They're going to have to, obviously, that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, the, that that is going to be a true test when they when they do have to pay him and they do have to try to build a team around him with him not on a rookie contract anymore. I love that. Can you imagine the Brown family still being all chintzy when this guy fell right in their freaking laps? And again, I know the he's issue, number one pick, but The still. issue is when you sign a long-term guaranteed deal, you have to have the money in escrow, and who knows if they have it. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. With John Von Tobel. Von Tobel. Rolling on here on a Monday. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. John Von Tobel is with us from Visa. And John, how you doing, buddy? Good. I'm good. What's up, guys? Uh, you know, we always start off by going off the beaten path a little bit. Um, we never got to a story on Friday, and I just wanted to follow up because I saw that uh, Derek Wolf, the big defensive lineman who played with the Broncos and the Ravens, you know, last week, uh, he's a host now on the, the fan in Denver. Last week, he had gone out and with his bow and took out like a 200-pound mountain lion. And we never talked about that story. Um, I'll ask you, because I, I looked at it, I was like, eh, I feel a little uneasy about this. Is that just because I'm a cat person? Oh, you know, that might be. I mean, the you know killing of wildlife, even though you could have probably done something differently in terms of taking care of it, uh, might be that. But I think it's because you like cats. Although lions are not as cuddly as cats. Although no. cats aren't really that cuddly. No. And, I, and I'm pretty sure, you know, the authorities in Colorado, because the story was, hey, this giant cat was going into rural neighborhoods and had killed a couple of dogs. And then 
I think they had found something like a deer or something like just destroyed up in the mountains when he was looking for it. Because if people didn't see the story, Derek Wolf, the, the former NFLer, you know, saw this and he was like, I'm going to go get him myself with my bow. Um, How does he know it was the right lion? Good point. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think they just assumed the thing was such a monster because it was 178 pounds that this had to be the one. Well, I, I think again, you can feel however you want to feel about it, and and he he believed the mountain lion was creating havoc and that it needed to be taken care of, and I think there's ways to probably take care of that, but he decided to go do it himself. I think you can feel how you want to feel about that. That's fine. I don't think you need to hold it up and be like, look what I did, bro. Look what I did. I killed this thing. Like, okay. All That's right. the part I had a problem with. All right. I'll make the transition, the segue. Uh, let's continue talking about big cats like Joe Burrow. Um, what did you see from the Bills? Because obviously Adam's coming in here. He's, uh, we've got it all teed up for the 5 o'clock hour to just annihilate Josh Allen. I'm going to feed him his red meat. Um, what did you see in the game? So this is what – and I think that actually maybe Adam has seen some of the same things that I have seen. I, I, I don't think it is just isolated to this last game. Um, I, if you want to blame Josh Allen for what we've seen over the last few weeks, you can blame Josh Allen. I think they also miss Brian Dable. I have been amazed by the way that Allen has been playing on offense. Uh, these last five games, guys, his average depth of target, 11.1, 16.5 against the Dolphins in the uh, wildcard round, 14.9, 11.5, 11.8. His turnover-worthy plays are up. They're just playing. They were playing this wild style of offense where it was like hyper-aggressive, taking shots downfield needlessly. Like there was no real flow to the offense. It was it was almost like Josh Allen was out there playing Madden, right? Like he's the guy. I'm the best player on the field. I can put the ball where I want. I'm the athletic dude. I have the 99 overall rating. I'm just going to go out there and win this game on my own. And I, I think that was a very flawed way to play. I think it's why they played tight with the Miami Dolphins. I think it's why they lost that game in the snow to the Cincinnati Bengals. And like people can talk about the arm injury all they want, but the point of the matter is, is that Josh Allen is kind of like a, a wild sort of quarterback. I mean, I got to talk to people out in Buffalo about like four weeks ago or so, and the analogy apparently used, uh, you know, for the in, inside the Buffalo office for Josh Allen is like a wild Bronco, right? Like you have to be able to kind of contain him to a certain extent, and Dable did that, and it doesn't seem like this staff was so like. Was it all Josh Allen's fault? No, but I, I think him and this offensive coaching staff really need to reflect on how they played offensively over the last few weeks and realize you don't have to go uber-madden, hyper-aggressive downfield passing attack to be successful. There has to be some balance there. And I, I think it was, uh, if I'm wrong, I, I feel bad, but I think it was Orlovsky that did the breakdown the other day, and I don't know if you saw it, where it, he was talking about almost exactly what you were and that like the plays were there. The offense is designing plays to say, look, Throw it to this guy. He's wide open. Throw it to him. And, like, you can't step on the field and do that. You you have it designed. And, like, why are you throwing it 25 yards downfield into double coverage when there's a guy standing wide open eight yards downfield? It does, doesn't make any sense. And you're right. Dayball was able to get him to do that. I guess you can walk on the field and, like, make him throw to somebody. But if, right. the, if the outlets are there, the reads are there, like, there, there's not much more you can do as a coach, especially when, you know, you've got a guy that just decides, I'm going to do this myself and chuck it downfield. There's not much more you can do. Right. And, and in the games that I'm talking about, too, with those really high average depth of targets, guys, he he completed over 60% of his passes just twice. And we're only talking like 61.3%, 62.5%. The rest of them were sub-60% completion games. Like, that, that's when you see, like, poor quarterback play, not all of it is always just, like, throwing picks all the time. Some of it is just poor decision-making with the way the offense is schemed. Like Adam said, like, there was stuff out there for him. But it was like he was just in this zone over the last few weeks where it was just like, no, 
I've got to do this. I'm Josh Allen. It was almost like he was buying into being Josh Allen, right? Looking at that. And like, I don't want to say it's unacceptable, but again, when you have five straight games where your average depth of target is over 11 and a half yards, that's wild. One game is fine. Two is fine. That's just you're taking pot shots downfield and like you're completing sub 60% of your passes. There's got to be a change there. And I think they don't have anybody to blame but themselves. Uh, somebody offers you're, you're, you're the Bills, you're, you're Bean. Somebody offers you six first-round picks for Josh Allen. Are you taking it? <laughs> I'm, no. I, I don't think I am. 100% of course I am. you are. <laughs> I, I think, look, I don't want to say I'm firing, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the offense coordinator. Dorsey? Is that yeah, who it Ken is? Dorsey. Uh, yeah, Ken Dorsey, right? Okay. So I'm not saying I'm firing Ken Dorsey, but, like, if I'm McDermott, like, we're having meetings, right? Like, we're having meetings in the offseason with him and Allen. We're going, look, man, like, we, I get it. Like, we're really good. We have a lot of good skill positions and everything like that, and, you know, we can do more to build this offense, or you know, to have a little bit more balance. But these last five games, like again, to use that term, are kind of unacceptable. Like you've got to be able to play within structure, and that is not what happened for Buffalo. What do you make of the Chiefs-Bengals number now? So I tweeted this out earlier, and like this comes from somebody who is a very pro Cincinnati person, right? I've got a future on them to win a Super Bowl. I bet like a month, about a month or so back, uh, I bet them uh, each round so far for like either a teaser and or just outright yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. Like I love the Bengals and I love Joe Burrow and I think the market has really slept on how good this Bengals team is. Having said that. This is an extreme overcorrection, I think, by the market, right? And I get it, like, Patrick Mahomes is injured. But we were talking about Buffalo and Kansas City, for anybody listening, and you guys know this, but for anybody who's wondering, they are power-rated almost identically to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? We were going to get a neutral site AFC championship game of a number that was going to be, like, one either way or pick whatever it was going to be between those two. Um, but that was not going to be the case because Mahomes a little injury. But regardless, you're talking about – Cincinnati going on the road to Buffalo, a similar rated opponent, catching six at close, now going to Kansas City, again, a like-rated opponent, and laying one and a half points. That's a We're talking about a seven and a half point swing now in terms of where the market thought Cincinnati was before the first snap of that Buffalo game to where we're at now. And again, there's extenuating circumstances. We know that Patrick Mahomes is injured, but this seems to be like a slight overcorrection, right? This is a market that thought, 24 hours ago, man, those offensive line injuries, that's going to be a massive problem. This team is a touchdown worse than Buffalo in their home field. Now the market's like, oh, man, this injury to Patrick Mahomes, even though he's going to play, is massive, and this team's great. So we're going to make him a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. Like, there's got to be, I think, a little bit of a middle. And, you know, Jeffrey Benson, who works over at Circa, yesterday before the games, tweeted out like some – he called them like off-the-hip openers for championship games, right? And he thought with uh, a dinged-up Patrick Mahomes that this number was going to be five, five-and-a-half in favor of Kansas City at home against the Bengals. And we're sitting at Cincinnati minus one and a half. It just feels like an overcorrection by a market that's been sleeping on this Bengals team for, what now, two and a half months. What about the movement on the Eagles-Niners game? Uh, so I agree with that. I, I actually, I bet one and a half on Philadelphia. I, I think the market's been kind of a little down on Philly. And and that was very clear, right, right against, that, against that Giants team. And the market was moving the right direction, seven and a half up to eight. I think I saw eight and a half in some faraway places by the time we got to kickoff in that game. So there was some correction there. But I think when you look at Philadelphia and the way that they're playing offensively and the fact that Hurts, I mean, that week off seemed to do a lot for him. He, he looked really solid in the game against the New York Giants. I think that the market is kind of, one, undervaluing Philly and overvaluing San Francisco. Like Defensively, they're very good. And I think a lot of what they did, and I think the whole conversation on Deck Prescott is kind of dumb, a lot of what Dak Prescott faced was a lot of what San Francisco was doing it, uh, to him defensively. 
But I, I do have some reservations. Brock Purdy was fine, again, and he kind of got more comfortable again as the game went along. It was similar to the Seattle game where first half was uh, – second half was a little bit better, was making throws that he needed to. But I like this Philly team. I, this offense is going to be much more explosive, and they can have a lot more balance to them uh, than what the Giants are – excuse me, than the Cowboys brought to the table against San Francisco. Uh, I think the market is a little shy. So I laid one and a half, getting up to two and a half, and I, I'm assuming – I don't think we'll get the three full, but you'll probably get threes and altered juice, you know, minus 120 on the uh, underdog side, whatever it is. But I thought the market was a little light on Philly, so I laid one and a half. Cofield and Company, Ion Sports Gaming. John Von Tobel from VSIN, also part of the company, is with us. I saw the news on the Angels and Artie Moreno <laughs> deciding he's not going to sell the team. You're a big Angels fan. Did you punch a TV and then throw it? Uh, no, I did not. I was not the Cowboys fan who yes, uh, yeah. who punched his. Well, that looked like what? Maybe maybe thirty eight inches. I, that's why uh, I think it was his, a setup. <laughs> I don't There's know. There's a whole group Look, sitting there watching what you think is the end of the game, and there, there's this mini TV in this giant room. I think it was all a setup. He sacrificed a TV. Well, we can't all be Steve Cofield and own like you know seventeen uh, adequate sized television. Some of us are not really made like that. So, and you know the weird part was. <laughs> So the, actually, I thought the weird takeaway was not actually the TV size. If you guys really watch the video, they're in a garage of some sort. Like okay. there's a water heater in the room <laughs> like with them. They have couches set up in what looks like the garage. So I don't know, but it was weird. But anyway, I, I'm getting uh, sidetracked. Uh, I did not do that. I may have let out like a groaning F-bomb when I watched it, when I saw the news. Uh, <laughs> it's Look, Moreno's got to get rid of it, but we know what kind of a guy he is. I shouldn't say we know what kind of a guy he is. Uh, we know the persona, it seems, of Artie Moreno, and there's some ego involved there, and I don't think he wants to give up the team when everybody's kind of rooting for him to do so. Uh, NBA tonight, I'm playing Memphis at the Kings, and I'm going to continue to play against the Rockets, who are just in a horrific run. Dude, okay, so first off with the Memphis thing, it is going to be interesting tonight. Uh, for those who had not seen this, uh, Memphis on the road has not been a good team, and like the home court has been like super important in the, today's day and age when it comes to uh, the NBA. But this team is now... Now, 11 and 12 straight up, uh, 8, 13 and 2, something around there uh, on the road. ATS, uh, their offense has stunk the Memphis Grizzlies I'm talking about here. So it's going to be interesting to see on the second leg of a back to back uh, if they can actually bounce back here. They were down by almost 30 yesterday to Phoenix, and they came back, made it a game, but ultimately lost. But the road has not been a friendly, a friendly place for them. So I'm really interested to see if Memphis is going to pull this off. And to your point about the Houston Rockets <laughs> and how bad it has been, this team has lost, I think it's 13 straight. Right now, they've covered one of those games, and over their last uh, 19, they have won one of those games. So uh, you're not you're not exactly um, uh, on the wrong side, I would say. I did note this though; I thought this was kind of interesting. If we're talking about this home court deal again, um, if you're actually translating the numbers, right? So Memphis, excuse me, Houston actually played Minnesota the other night. They were catching nine. If you're doing the true three, which the market has done up to this point, this number should actually be closer to three than it is like five and a half, six. And this opened six and got down to like five. So market is pushing back a little bit here. But I I mean, I put it today's write up, Steve. I don't want to bet the Rockets. You know what no, I mean? No. It's amazing. What a tank. And they play no defense. They're allowing, I think the last six are allowing 128 points a game. I think there was a high in there of 140 in a game. Yep. It's it's awesome. John, appreciate it. We'll talk to you later in the week. Go Bengals. Even though I made a big spiel against them, go Bengals. There he is. John Von Tobel, VSIN. Just one more thing on the guy punching the TV. First of all, that's a mischaracterization of me being like Mr. Rich TV guy. All of my TVs are, all of my TVs are like eight years old well, now. Black Friday TVs, too. Uh, secondly, I think 
I think one of the big box stores now has an 85 inch TV for like 1200 bucks. I'm not saying buy one every year, but if you're going to make an investment for like 10 years. By the way, what if it's not your house? What if it's not that oh, guy's that house? Oh, that wasn't his house? He yeah. punched the TV yeah, and friends, then threw it on friend, the ground? His friend's garage. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would you all meet in a garage? It was like 12 people with a 42-inch TV. It was so far away. And who's filming it? Who's deciding that's, to film it at that exact moment? That's the other thing. I'm seeing way too much of, oh, wow, we just happened to catch this moment.